Hi, I'm Dr. Akiva Down. And I'm Rabbi Avi Green. And welcome to Interesting Questions. In this podcast, we'll be addressing issues that are philosophical, religious, and psychological in nature, and exploring some of the deeper questions as we go into Season 2. We will be focusing on that which is considered to be controversial, and there may not be a right or wrong answer. So we are hoping that our discussions will yield more questions for your Shabbos table. Hello, and welcome to Interesting Questions. This week is Yom Ha'atzma'ut, and so we are going to have that conversation right now about what it means to have a homeland of Israel and celebrate it. And we're going to start with, Avi, when are you making Aliyah? So that's a great question, Akiva. I ask myself that question every morning, every day. Um, but I just feel like until I would be able to get a job and be able to support my family in Israel, um, a decision I made long ago sort of leaves me here. Um, just to go back in time, and I think I've mentioned some of this on the podcast before, when I was in Israel for the year after high school, one of my madrichim mentioned um, that the only reason to live in Chutz Aretz, the only reason to live outside of the land of Israel, is if you are going to serve the Jewish community and help the Jewish community. Um, and I, I gave that some thought, and I tend to agree, and so I decided when I was finishing college that I had one of two paths to go on. Either I could go and become a Jewish educator, um, or um, I would study uh, either to be an electrician or a plumber. I think plumber was safer, because you can't really drown or electrocute yourself if you're a plumber. You just come home stinky. But to become a plumber and make Aliyah, because I figured there were lots of people in Israel who could use an honest Anglo-English-speaking plumber. Um, and, uh, and, and so those were the two choices. And as I discussed it with my wife, we decided we were going to stay in the United States. And I took my path towards being a Jewish educator and went and got smicha and etc. And at this point, first of all, I don't I guess I could go back and do an apprenticeship as a plumber and learn all the things I would need to know in order to become a plumber in Israel. Um, but I, I, I am embedded in the life I have here and in the job I have here. And that makes it very difficult to say I am going to pick up and move to Israel without any specific or significant uh, job opportunities. So the question that that leads to, if we're going to try and ask an interesting question, is does that make me a bad Zionist? Does that make me a not a Zionist at all? Um, I'm not sure. How about you, Akiva? Do you think about making Aliyah? If, when, where, how? So I, I have thought about it before, and... Quite frankly, one of my frequent go-tos, which, again, has 
reality in the argument, but also not, is I don't speak Hebrew well enough to do a psychiatric, uh, to practice psychiatry in Israel in Hebrew. Of course, the response that I get from friends and and others who live in Israel is, well, there's an Anglo community that needs a psychiatrist. And there's also the statement about the fact that medical practice isn't necessarily uh, the same level of strictness that we have in the United States in Israel. Um, So there's that. However, on the other hand, uh, all of my family, for the most part, I do have some family in Israel, and we have some wonderful friends in Israel, uh, but most of my family is here, and my wife's family, and my wife didn't like being in Massachusetts away from family. So I think that with everyone here, it really kind of speaks to the Shalom Bayit aspect. And I'm not suggesting that it's my wife's fault that we're not in Israel, because I was not hopping on a plane before, necessarily. But at the same time, I think that we... we never hear from anyone that it's not difficult to live in Israel. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't. That just means that it is difficult to live in Eretz Yisrael. And whether that, again, same question, does that make me not a Zionist? Does that make me a bad Zionist? I would even say, does that make me a bad or an unsupportive Jew? Uh, I don't think so. You know, it's interesting. I was, I, I remember, I was having, I was spending Shabbos with some close family friends in Kidumim. And the, the son, who was about two, three years younger than me, knew that I lived in Florida. And he said, how can you live in Florida with all those hurricanes? At which point I looked at him, who... He was living in Kidumim, which, if anyone is not familiar, that's the settlements, um, one of the settlements. And and I looked at him and I said, really? You're asking me this question. How can I live in a place where hurricanes can happen sometimes when you live in Kidumim? And the truth is, is that it's that mindset, right? The mindset is different wherever you are, and for... For him, hurricanes were a really big deal, and I, I was—I was—I never didn't feel safe anywhere I was in Israel, uh, except for a couple of the times that I went wandering and I randomly followed someone who was a yeshiva bachar. And you should never follow a yeshiva bachar because they often disappear into some kollel and leave you in the middle of a place that you shouldn't be. Um, suffices to say. I never felt unsafe when I was in Israel, but at the same time, it's an interesting argument hearing from someone who lives in an area that is unfortunately highly contested in many groups, or amongst many groups rather, that I lived in such a, an erratic and dangerous place in Florida. No, he's not wrong. But um, I guess going by that same mindset, so, so Avi, we've both established that we are willingly and... Um, choosing to live outside of Eretz Yisrael. And the question of, well, does that mean that we are not Zionists? 
I guess, what does it mean to be a Zionist? So I think there are lots of different definitions. I'll throw out some of them, and then I'll try and parse together my own. So when the state was originally founded in 1948, uh, several of the founding fathers were not religious. And so for them, Israel was a place that was a safe haven after the terrible events of the Holocaust. It was an opportunity to be a light unto the nations, um, which is why even to this day, and and I agree with this concept, um, Israel goes and helps people in Haiti or in other places around the world where there have been disasters or where there is need. Um, And so Israel feels a responsibility to help others. And another definition is the idea of the religious Zionist. It is the place where Avraham Avinu and Yitzchak Avinu and Yaakov Avinu lived. It's the land that was promised to us from Hashem. It is the land where the Beit HaMikdash was and where our ancestors lived in the time of, of the first temple and the second temple. It is the place where the, the, the Mishnah was written. And it, it is the place where so much of Jewish history has occurred. And it is our homeland. And therefore... It is a place that we should go and and live and celebrate. And today, even in a modern era, and with all of the challenges of modern government, um, it is still our homeland, and therefore that's where we should be. That's the second definition of Zionism. And I think that that's usually referred to as religious Zionism. And I think that in part because of the way I grew up and the stories I was told Um, and the connection my family has to Israel, and I'll talk more about that in a second, Um, it is a a combination of those things. I think it is largely religious Zionism, the idea that this is the homeland of my ancestors, this is the place where Jewish history, so much of Jewish history happened, and that there is pride at every turn, whether it's the name of the street or something that happened on that street, or the people that you meet, all of those are are just wonders um, and and amazing parts of of being in Israel. Um, and my family, I would say at this point, probably fifty percent of my extended family, meaning aunts, uncles, first cousins. Um, are spending either have made Aliyah or are spending between 25 and 50 percent of each year in Israel. Um, And so I have a significant amount of family in Israel, including my parents who now have a place there, including my brother who made Aliyah 12 or 13 years ago and and has raised his family there, Um, many, many first cousins. And so this idea of is that where I should be? Is that what I, I should be doing? And what would I do if I was there? Um, is the question that keeps coming up. So, Akiva, talk to us a little bit about this from a psychological perspective. This idea that we are stuck here 
or that we choose to be here? Is it confirmation bias? Is it something that we're being realistic about? Or is this something that, you know, we're just taking the quote-unquote easy route um, and if we really wanted to do it, there would be nothing stopping us from doing it. So I think none of those are mutually exclusive uh, because I would say that if we really wanted to do it, then we could probably make it happen, knowing us. I will also say that it is not easy living where we do, so... I don't think that we're necessarily taking the easy way out in every respect. Uh, let's, let's just throw out one very, very easy, low-hanging fruit. Jewish education in Israel is free. It's not free here, is it, Avi? It is not. It is quite expensive. Even after the... Um, the money that we will be getting from the state next year. Yes, which we are grateful to get. But yeah, it is not something that's easy. Um, unless you homeschool, uh, Jewish education is not free. And, and I don't even know for sure that homeschooling is completely free, but I'm going to guess that it's probably not the same cost, depending. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but... That's just one of many examples as to why it's not easy. I suppose another one, quite frankly, is even, even living in the United States, living in the diaspora, uh, being religious Jews, we are expected to answer for decisions sometimes that are made in Israel. Uh, right? So someone goes, they see you wearing a yarmulke, and they say, hey, I have a question for you, or I want to talk to you about that, right? Like, this has happened. Or not just that. Sometimes it is, it is even more of an affront, more of an accosting than a question, um, where, where we are expected to support Israel, regardless of what has happened there, or decisions that are made there, um, and, and sometimes we may even not agree with that decision or that result. Well, and, and I think you bring up a good point. And, and I'd like to offer, you know, we both grew up in the United States and we grew up with an ideology that comes, I think, most supremely from the United States, which is we are entitled to speak positively and negatively about our political leaders and about decisions that are made in our government. And the truth is, is that that's one of the wonderful things about the country we live in. And so the truth is, is I think right, I, I will say right up front that I'm sure that there are things that go on that we don't necessarily agree with in any government, including the government of Israel, but that's one of the beautiful things is that I don't have to agree. I could still be someone who believes that the state of Israel should exist and believes in the wonderful aspects of it and the majesty behind it. And, and I think these are all very important notions to consider. But so, so I would dispel the idea that it's easy to live anywhere 
because it's not easy to live anywhere. And just because we have made the risk-benefit conversation in our head, that weighing out of which makes the most sense for me right now, because uh, really all we can ever do is decide for right now. That's we've, we've discussed and learned several Mishnayot that explain the idea of don't worry about later because you can't plan for later. So we worry about now, and right now, I think we've made the decisions for ourselves and with and for our families that this is where we need to be. This is where we are most needed and and most able to succeed with whatever mission and whatever pathway we have set in front of us. So knowing all that, I guess the, the next piece is, is just how can we make sure that even if we are choosing to live in the United States and even if we are not always in agreement with everything that any government does. Uh, Avi, what are some things that are just useful to make sure that we are upholding our Zionist ideals of believing in and supporting the existence of and the growth and the success of Eretz Yisrael? So I think the first thing is making sure that we stay knowledgeable. Knowledgeable about what is going on there um, in terms of trends in the news, uh, politics, um, and, and frankly, staying connected um, so that when something wonderful happens in Israel, we are celebrating with them. And unfortunately, when something terrible happens in Israel, we are mourning with them. And to stay <clears throat> connected in a way that is is real. Um, you know, I, I look at some of the different events that happen around the country for Yom Ma'ut or or thereabouts. So whether it's an Israel Day parade or a celebration at a school or a celebration at a park, <clears throat> those are great ways to demonstrate that we care about Israel but I'm not sure that they are actually caring about Israel. And when you really care about Israel, it's part of your news feed, right? When you really care about Israel, you know what's going on there and you feel connected to it. When you really care about Israel, you're trying to figure out how you can get there on a regular basis, even if you can't stay. So is it a family trip? Is it a business trip? Is it, you know, just a, a whatever it might be? Um, and so I think that, that all of those pieces are important components to, to staying connected in a real way, in a meaningful way to Israel. So I guess the question around your Yom Ma'ut barbecue is, depending on your age, your experience, your lifestyle, can you see yourself making Aliyah, living in Israel? When? How? And if you can't, what can you do here to keep your connection meaningful. Thank you for listening. 
If you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at iqdiscuss at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and responding.